0: All right, episode 28 of the Dare to Dream podcast. We are taking it back to our roots. (laughs) Where are we at with episode one? We're on a Zoom call, strictly audio. We're excited. I think the first update
1: that we want to inform everybody about is that we are unbelievably excited, but we just bought all new podcast equipment. We got the Shure SM7Bs, the Joe Rogan level mics. We got the headsets. We have the Zoom H6 recorder.
0: And so before our audio quality can get better, it has to get worse. The contrast to go back to the absolute worst, a Zoom call, and then we're just going to ramp it up. Exactly. The night is always
1: darkest before the dawn. So (laughs) if you're listening to this and you hate the audio quality, don't worry. The next episode will be unbelievably crisp where I wanted to start with is just tell me about your trip, man.
0: I've, it's been like six days since I've seen you and I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'm ripping at the seams. Oh, geez. Um, Trip was fantastic. Can you hear that? Air conditioning just came on. I cannot. Oh, great. Hopefully, hopefully the audience can hear it though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make this as just annoying as possible. Um, trip was fantastic. So I did a family trip to Flagstaff, Arizona. And many people questioned, why'd you go to Flagstaff? So last year, me, my dad, my brothers, Duke and Jesse took a road trip that was quite hellish. Uh, the heart of summer, Arizona, 115 degrees, no air conditioning in the RV. And we just like to put ourselves through painful experiences like that. And um, we realized that you know while we were suffering, The place was amazing. We're like Flagstaff is incredible. we got to come back and do this right. It's just like this charming kind of, you know, old style town, like in the middle of the desert, high desert of Arizona. So it's it's a little cooler. Um, And after driving through like uh, Lake Havasu and just the other parts of Arizona, it was like just a godsend. And so it's like just pine trees and beautiful mountains. They were like, okay. Got to come back. This place is terrific. So I went, my dad, my brothers, and my stepmom, Eileen, and uh, we just had a fantastic time. Stayed at a hotel, felt like a good old childhood family trip, and just did a lot of thinking, a lot of reading. Um, we're gonna get into it, but I mopped because I read the entirety of uh, *The Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible* by Charles Eisenstein. Which I, I came across this man. He's a he's a writer and a public speaker and a social philosopher um, on Aubrey Marx's podcast. That was incredible. I put it in the show notes, and I'm just like, okay, I gotta get this book. And uh, it had a huge, huge impact on me. And I think it's just the beginning. Um, but just being out there like in the desert, just like spending time just thinking and taking 5 a.m. forest walks and just taking photos and writing, it was just like, man, it just fired me up. And so the book is all about this concept of interconnection. So basically the the, the story of the world that we currently reside in and that's led up to this point has been the story of separation Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of where all of our pain and struggle and anxiety and worry comes from it's the fact it's like i am separate from the other from other people from the earth from cosmos we're all separate beings having these separate experiences and while that you know he doesn't deny that we all are having separate experiences i'm not going to explain the entire book it's it's very complex and I don't want want to not do it justice um but you know it's basically seeing that in interconnection it's that we're all having the same experience just through different eyes and through and then if if we kind of see the world in that way if we see that I am the earth and I am um I am every person I come into contact with why would I want to make you suffer why would i want to see myself against you and cause you pain and cause the planet pain and um you know it's like in this just time in history it's like it's crazy because we actually are seeing that this construct the story that we've been living in isn't as certain and like necessary as it needs as it as you might think it is kind of just we're born into it and um you know our, our our story tells us that it's always been this way and i mean probably don't even think about it because we're, we're just living it but it really doesn't have to be this way we we have the choice to um in every little action what was like one of the, the biggest takeaways from the book is that it's not necessarily like our big world changing moments our biggest accomplishments that like define us and will change the world it's our smallest actions on a day-to-day basis that change the energy in the universe that change everything and he obviously he goes into it's like a mixture of like personal stories that have proven I mean he's not trying to really prove anything but it's just a lot of personal stories that show you how possible miracles are um, and that interconnection is just is the path to healing that we really need and compassion and love and Instead of, you know, it's everything that we are, we're trying to foster, you know, instead of division, it's all, it's it's about unity. We all are interconnected beings seeing this world, this human experience just from a different set of eyes and we need to be there for each other.
1: Yeah. And I haven't read the book yet. I'm really looking forward to reading it, but in listening to that Aubrey Marcus podcast with him, I loved how he talked about, he said specifically, it doesn't have to be this way. And that really, really resonated with me. And I think I've shared this story with you before, but ever since I was a little kid, I believed in magic. And I thought that one day my teacher or my wizard or some sorcerer would come out of the woods and be like, you're a magician, you're a wizard, Harry. And basically just be like, oh yeah, this this normal life where everyone seems sad and miserable and unsatisfied, like this is all a facade. This is yeah. in the real world. Like this is just hiding this magical world where people love each other, where there's genuine human connections, where people are passionate about what they do for a living, and like I still have that. Like I can't shake this feeling that it doesn't have to be this way, and that there is a better world. And that's when I heard the title. It's, is it a more beautiful world our hearts know is possible?
0: Yep, the more beautiful world our hearts know is
1: possible. It just resonated so much. I think we all know deep down that there is this world that's better. And like, sometimes we're afraid to even entertain the thought because if we get our hopes up and then we go back to a reality that isn't fulfilling us. It can be really devastating, but listening to the podcast was just phenomenal. I felt like he was speaking directly to me and I would love to hear more uh, of your takeaways from the book. I know you said there was a, a portion that you wanted to, specifically highlight
0: yes i will i'm gonna tell the story that he he goes through at the end yeah it's like um it's like a heart's no is possible so it's like even if we don't even if you haven't read the book even if we like haven't even entertained the thought of like interconnection or anything it's like what is we all have the we all have the moments like what is missing in my life i know it has i know there must be something more but we can't put a finger on it or we're afraid to because it goes against what we're led to believe we should be doing, and that's like the most frightening thing of all. And going against what, what you know what society deems is just what we've always known and how we've gotten to this point. Um, measuring success by how much money we make, measuring success by how we look and social status, and how we even measure our own self worth. It's like our hearts know that there it doesn't have to be this way. And, and, yeah, man, extremely powerful. Um, Yeah, I'll read the end here. It's uh, quite the the short story. Chapter one. (laughs) Gathering of the tribe. Once upon a time, a great tribe of people lived in a world far away from ours. Whether far away in space or in time or even outside of time, we do not know. They lived in a state of enchantment and joy that few of us today dare to believe could exist, except in those exceptional peak experiences when we glimpse the true potential of life and mind. One day, the elders of the tribe called a meeting. They gathered around, and one of them spoke very solemnly. My friends, she said, there's a world that needs our help. It's called Earth, and its fate hangs in the balance. Its humans have reached a critical point in their collective birthing, the same point our own planet was at one million years ago. And they will be still born without our help. Who would like to volunteer for a mission to this time and place and render service to humanity? Tell us more about this mission, they asked. It is no small thing. A shaman will put you into a deep, deep trance, so complete that you will forget who you are. You will live a human life, and in the beginning, you will completely forget your origins. You will forget even our language and your own true name. You will be separated from the wonder and beauty of our world and from the love that bathes us all. You will miss it deeply, yet you will be unable to name what you are missing. You will remember the love and beauty that we know to be normal only as a longing in your heart. Your memory will take the form of an intuitive knowledge as you plunge into the painfully marred earth that the more beautiful world is possible. As you grow up in that world, your knowledge will be under constant assault. You will be told in a million ways that a world of destruction, violence, drudgery, anxiety, and degradation is normal. You will go through a time when you are completely alone with no allies to affirm your knowledge of a more beautiful world. You may plunge into a depth of despair that we in our world of light cannot imagine. But no matter what, a spark of knowledge will never leave you. A memory of your true origin will be encoded in your DNA. That spark will lie within you, inextinguishable until one day it is awakened. You see, even though you will feel for a time utterly alone, you will not be alone. We will send you assistance, help that you will experience as miraculous, experiences that you will describe as transcendent. These will fan that spark into a flame for a few moments or hours a day. You will reawaken to the beauty and the joy that is meant to be. You will see it on earth, for even though the planet and its people are deeply wounded, there is beauty there still, projected from past and future onto the present as a promise of what is possible and a reminder of what is real. After that glimpse, the flame may die down into an ember again as the routines of normal life there swallow you up. But after each awakening, it will seem less normal. The story of what world will seem less real, the story of that world. The ember will glow brighter. When enough embers do that, they will all burst into flame together and sustain each other. Because remember, you will not be there alone. As you begin to awaken to your mission, you will meet others of our tribe you will recognize them by your common purpose, values, and intuitions, and by the similarity of the paths you have walked. As the condition of the planet Earth reaches crisis proportions, your paths will cross more and more. The time of loneliness, the time of thinking you might be crazy, will be over. You will find the people of your tribe all over the Earth, become aware of them through the long-distance communication technologies used on that planet. But the real Shift, the real quickening will happen in face-to-face gatherings in special places. When many of you gather together, you will launch a new stage on your journey, a journey that, I assure you, will end where it begins right now. Then the mission that lay unconscious within you will flower into consciousness. Your intuitive rebellion against the world presented to you as normal will become an explicit quest to create a more beautiful one. A woman said, tell us more about the time of loneliness that you might prepare for it. The elder said, in the time of loneliness, you will always be seeking to reassure yourself that you are not crazy. You will do that by telling people all about what is wrong with the world. You will feel a sense of betrayal when they don't listen to you. You might hunger for stories of wrongness, atrocity, and ecological destruction, all of which confirm the validity of your intuition that a more beautiful world exists. But after you have fully received the help we will send you, the quickening of your gatherings, you will no longer need to do that. Because you will know your energy will thereafter turn toward actively creating that more beautiful world. A tribeswoman asked, "How do you know this will work? Are you sure our shaman's powers are great enough to send us each to send us on such a journey?" The elder replied, "I know it will work because he has done it many times before. Many have already been sent to Earth to live human lives and to lay the groundwork for the mission you will undertake now. He's been practicing. The only difference now is that many of you will venture there at once. What is new in the time you will live in is that you will gather in critical mass and each awaken the other to your mission. The heat you will generate will kindle the same spark that lies in every human being, for in truth, each one is from a tribe like ours. The whole galaxy beyond is converging on Earth, for never before has a planet journeyed so far into separation and made it back again. Those of you who go will be part of a new step in cosmic evolution. A tribesman asked, is there a danger we will become lost in that world and never wake up from the shamanic trance? Is there a danger that the despair, the cynicism, the pain of separation will be so great that it will extinguish the spark of hope, the spark of our true selves and origin, that we will be separated from our beloved ones forever? The elder replied, that is impossible. The more deeply you get lost, the more powerful the help we will send you. You might experience it at the time as a collapse of your personal world the loss of everything important to you later you will recognize the gift within it we will never abandon you another man asked is it possible that our mission will fail and that this planet earth will perish the elder replied i will answer your question with a paradox it is impossible that your mission will fail yet its success hangs on your own actions the fate of the world is in your hands The key to this paradox lies within you and the feeling you carry that each of your actions, even your personal secret struggles, has cosmic significance. You will know then, as you know now, that everything you do matters. There were no more questions. The volunteers gathered in a circle, the shaman went to each one. The last thing each was aware of was the shaman blowing smoke in his or her face. They entered a deep trance and dreamed themselves into the world where we find ourselves today. Um, wow that is such
1: a powerful story on so many levels crazy right definitely have felt oh. <laughs> definitely have felt multiple times in my life that I'm taking crazy pills and my beliefs and this hope I have for a better world is unexplainable and I don't know where it comes from And when I listened to this story, when I heard it on the podcast, I was so moved by it and it's really cool because it reminded me of some, some teachings from uh, a spiritual counselor that I met with one time. And so I'm not even sure if I fully believe this theory myself, but she was talking about how there's, okay, so I'm going to take a step back. Basically, according to her belief system, we are souls having a human experience. And Vincent Van Patten or Gregory Benedict is one book in the bookshelf of all of the lives that our soul is going to live. And souls live very many different human lives in an attempt to grow and evolve and ultimately attain like the highest level and go back to source or whatever you want to call it and what she was saying if you buy into this explanation of the world is you have these things called soul contracts where you your soul comes back to earth at a specific time in history um takes on a specific body is you choose your family and your circumstances so that you can fulfill a specific mission and you have these things called soul contracts where you and I, for example, maybe we have a soul contract that we're supposed to start a podcast together. We're supposed to talk about people daring to dream of a better world, daring to follow their heart, find what sets their soul on fire. And that's what we're supposed to do. And we don't have to do it. We still have free will. So you can break a soul contract, but it manifests in the enthusiasms and the fun that we have doing it. So there's a a, an inner guidance that guides you towards the people you're supposed to meet. That's where these like serendipitous events come up. Um, For example, like how I met Tim randomly, a stranger through the internet, like things like that, that seem unexplainable. And so, like I said, I'm not, I don't know if I'm qualified to say whether this is true or not, but it's a really cool way of thinking about the world. And it's exactly what I thought
0: about when I heard this story. That is what, yeah, I love that. I'll just, one of the many books on the bookshelf that we will we will live out. And yeah, it's like that. That's that's why it was so cool and just like impactful reading the book in in Flagstaff. I was just like reading it, just like looking up at the clouds, see like a hawk fly by. I'm just like, how can we? Uh, let me tell you also about just an experience. I was at the pool, and this uh, this this woman and this man were like, having drinks, they were just, like, like ha- drinking, I think it was coffee, out of, um, just, like, glass cups with their legs in the pool, the pool boy, like, goes up and um, just, like, tells them that they can't have glass by the pool, and the woman just started, like, just yelling, and just, like, you're, you're like, causing everybody to have a bad day, like, they left because of you, and just berating this kid, it's, like, jeez, really, like, it's just, would have to be going against like his job to to not tell you that like what is i don't know i just thought like what what does she have to be going through or what is she her upbringing and you know there's some there's some deeper hurt there that where you know you you want to put somebody else through some sort of pain and i just made me wonder like as I was reading this and having like this inspiring moment I was like there's gotta be a better way than like you know wanting to be out to get each other and not that like a big part of it is like in this book is you know we're not the the, like the concept of interconnectedness is I'm not better than you we're not better than anybody else we're all like fulfilling our role and like we are meant to really go through this journey of life together and when we and there's like you know there's we have been you know brought up in this in these this construct of wanting to to be right and even when we think we are like doing the right thing like what what are we really doing it for is it to tell ourselves that we are being good so we could so we could feel like oh yeah i'm good because i did this Or is because we like have a deep, deep sense of I know that you are me looking through life with another set of eyes and it's not that I wanna be good, but I truly want you to feel that you are worthwhile and that your time here on earth is for a purpose and it hurt it hurt me to see this woman clearly, you know in pain about something, taking it out on the kid and um, seeing him just dejected after that. I was like, wow. Uh, I told him like, Hey man, like don't take it personally. You're doing a, doing a great job and just doing your job. Um, But yeah, definitely got me thinking that just finding it also just made me think like how powerful the unknown is how we can use the unknown the unknown is like the greatest place we could possibly be Mm. everything we do is is trying to kind of control and figure out like what's going to happen what's going to happen but when we just find stillness in the unknown and when we accept it's like he was awesome about the book is he says like he does provide like he's obviously a very intelligent person he does provide a lot of like facts and um you know, other sources and everything, but it's like, you know, you have an option here. You can either be, you can either believe I'm not going to try to prove this theory of interconnectedness. It's like at the end of the book, it does provide a lot of like, I guess, just reason to believe it, but it's like, you just have a choice. You can either live life in a way that we're all connected and you can um, just kind of embody this, this spirit, or you can buy the spirit of separation. And what what do you think will actually give you more joy in life? What makes life a better experience? Is it believing that we are all connected or believing that we're separate beings and that we have to kind of prove that, that we have to prove that we are right, that we are better than the other, that we're more worth love than the other, and it's really just a choice and it's just having faith in the unknown that there is a better way and we can be the, the embodiment of that every day in our smallest actions.
1: That's what's always interested me about believing in spirituality or if it's a religion or just believing in some sort of benevolent force that has our back and that's going to help us find the people we're supposed to meet. It's going to help us achieve our mission and what we're supposed to do is because it is unknown. Like it's unprovable. You'll never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you find out in the last 10 seconds of your life. I don't know. I haven't been there, but why wouldn't you choose to believe in a better world in a benevolent force? that's going to help you out. It just seems like a no brainer to me, especially when you study success literature and look at pro athletes and top performing CEOs it seems like everyone who performs at a high level believes in some sort of benevolent force even if it's even if it's Sam Harris who's very atheist he still has he still thinks I don't want to put words in his mouth but he essentially still finds positives of spirituality and believing in something greater than the individual and yeah like it just seems like such a positive force and that you're gonna be so much happier than if you only focus on yourself and try and do everything alone. Try yeah. and like stack all your toys in a, in the corner and not let anyone play with them.
0: I know, it's crazy, but I oh mean, another, another one that really hit home at the end, he's just talking about like basically the, um, our healing will come from the margins how can how can it be otherwise as the center falls apart it will come from the people and places that were excluded from full participation in the old story of the people and that thus preserved some piece of the knowledge of how to live as intervenes. it will come from the ideas and technologies that are marginalized because they contradicted dominant paradigms these include technologies of agriculture healing energy mind ecological restoration toxic waste remediation this is the one that at home, it will engage the kind of skills that a present system suppresses or fails to encourage. People who have languished outside or dominant economic institutions, working for very little, doing what they love, will find their skills and experience highly valued as pioneers of a new story. So it just made me confident that if we do seek what we love and there's gotta be a better way than just toughing it out And doing what we don't love to, you know, forego or put off happiness for the future. There's no reason why we can't seek meaning and joy by doing what we love in the moment. Yeah, and if
1: we can have any part in reworking kind of the societal narrative around seeking, that would be a huge win in in my book. Because I think currently, and I think we're shifting out of this, but it seems currently that When you hear of someone who's, you know, trying this for a year and then doing this for a year, and then they're traveling to India to go live in an ashram, it's always like, oh, like that person's so lost. They don't know what they're doing. They haven't settled down. But what if that person is exactly on the right path because they're still seeking? They haven't given up. They haven't settled. And I would rather do that for my entire life, all 115 years that i'm gonna live and get to the end and be like damn at least i gave it my all at least i never stopped looking then to get to the end and be like hmm dang you know when i was 28 i just stopped i just gave up and the the last 70 years of my life um wasted
0: yeah it's i heard actually something today there was a podcast said guru and matthew mcconaughey legendary duo <laughs> and uh what did he say it's like when you when you admit that you don't know or when you just when you believe that you don't know then you are a seeker and the seeking is what makes life a constant journey a constant path of growth and it was what makes life fun so that's the mystery like if you believe you know if you believe that it can't be better if you believe that you're not going to keep growing and do something more then you are like, what what comes at the end like what's the what what's the destination of life it's dying that's the final destination so the like just the journey is is everything the mystery and the journey is what makes life just a freaking
1: gift that's what yeah. it's all about. I want to go back for a second to that example you talked about with the woman harassing the pool boy one because I was a pool boy I've been there <laughs> I've been harassed beside the pool and it is not a pleasant experience but this whole idea of interconnectedness and why why would someone get angry at the pool boy for saying you can't have the glass here like that is such a reasonable thing to assume and I feel like most people would be like oh for sure like makes sense And instead she's gonna react and lash out at him. And it just makes me think of that, that Maya Angelou quote that says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's just something that we should all remember when we're interacting with other people in this world is they don't care. Like if I'm rushed with someone and I'm an asshole, like they don't care that I'm busy. Like that yeah. is my reality and they probably don't even know that the reason I just did this thing is because I was stressed and busy and I hadn't slept. Like how you I know I've said this before but how you treat people in that moment is their reality and that's their lasting impression of you. And you don't really get you don't really get that back. Like obviously you can build a relationship and maybe apologize for a bad first impression but we've all we've all learned how powerful first impressions are and just continuing to show up in someone else's life, regardless of how your own life is going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like just coming out of this, this, into this new paradigm, it's like we got to just make connection and compassion and really seeing life from another set of eyes as just paramount to anything else i think and i'm i'm feeling inspired and you just i think we are the kind of the next wave of we've been given an opportunity a gift like never before to really change the world and it's a blessing we all
1: have too. we've really never had this pause button put on society like this and i think is exactly what you said is it is a gift It allowed us to all take some time at home with our families in a comfortable environment to figure out one, what am I doing from eight to five, eight to six every single day besides the weekends? Like, do I like that thing? Do I want to keep doing that? Two, is my life, is my health, are my relationships, am I where I want to be? Or do I want to be somewhere completely different? And we've had time to reflect on all of these things. And I'm hoping as we come out of this dark period that people will realize oh thank goodness this happened because it gave me this chance to take a deep breath and it woke me up to the reality that what I'm currently doing isn't what I want to do or reaffirming that what I'm currently doing is what I want to do just really giving us perspective that I think in our fast-paced society where there's just nonstop, you never have time to think um, it's easy to just get to the end of your life and be like, hmm, that went quickly.
0: <laughs> 100%. And I think a big last thing, a, a last message is to not be, not be afraid or overwhelmed by the, the uncertainty and the stillness of the unknown. And as he says, we're, we're in between stories. And now is the perfect time to really not try to fill this time with doing and fill it with just something really sink into the stillness, sink into the the uncertainty and ask if I could be doing anything what would life not only say ideal life but like what what would provide me with some meaning and if it had nothing to do with money or looking a certain way like what what is the what is the universe telling me that I should be doing with my time right now, and I think you know we the stillness is, is so powerful and kind of sinking into it and listening to it, listening to ourselves. That's the only time I think that we can hear that inner
1: guidance, that whisper is when we intentionally or unintentionally, it doesn't really matter what gets you there, take <laughs> some time to be quiet
0: and to sit and to think and to just ponder. Get into some solitude in nature, I'm telling you, that, that's been so impactful for me and i think we need it we need it <laughs> we need it all right guys we
1: love you and like we said next episode you better get ready the audio is going to be off
0: the charts we might do uh we might do like a an original iPod touch uh <laughs> audio call just to really see how bad we could get before i don't know where i'm going with this anyways yeah next episode it's going to be sweet Thank you, Greg, for being here, buddy. Love you. Love you, Ben.